Engaging conversation on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to Pro-Life Primetime. Uh, these are the programs where we're talking with you about the pro-life movement, the pro-life efforts that we are all making together under the umbrella of Priests for Life and our many affiliated ministries. Welcome. Uh, we are going to have a guest with us here on this program today, one of the priests that has worked with us closely over the years, even before he became a priest, and uh, we'll introduce him, and then we'll pray, and then we'll talk. Uh, we welcome, of course, your comments in the uh, comments section. Let us know that you're with us, where you're from, uh, what prayer intentions you might have, because we'll pray for you before uh, the program finishes. And, uh, and then, of course, uh, we always want to know what you're up to in the pro-life arena. So Father David Begany is a Josephite priest. He uh, ministers in the state of Texas, and he is with us today for the program. Welcome, Father David. Good to be with you again, uh, Frank. Yeah. How is uh, the parish? You're at a pa Tell us about the parish and uh, the Josephites quickly before we go into our prayers. Yeah, so sure. I, my parish is fairly small, about 300 families. Uh, the Josephites minister to, minister to the black community, and yes. not only is it to African-American Catholics, but it's to the the larger African-American community. And we do that primarily by our presence in the community, our availability to, to men and women, uh, black men and women who are not Catholic. And so in this, in this way, we as Josephites minister and evangelize the African-American community. And uh, my parish has uh, been in existence for about 60 years. And as I said, it's uh, in the area of McNair, Texas, which was kind of in the days of segregation, that was the black community. Now it's becoming more integrated or more diverse. And, um, but it's a good ministry. You know, our, our people have deep faith. Um, you know, as I mentioned before, in many ways, the African-American family reflects Catholic culture in that they value the things as we as Catholics value, you know, uh, family, honesty, you know, hard work, um, you know, all of those things we, we, we desire. And so many ways, the black community mirrors that and has that same desire as, you know, as what we would call Catholic culture. And so we're as a Josephites, we're here to help promote that and encourage people, you know, to really to live a full, integrated, uh, joyful lives. Praise the Lord. Well, thanks for that ministry. And, uh, you know, as we'll uh, we'll touch on uh, abortion disproportionately affects the black community, as many of our viewers already know. Well, let's start off with a prayer from my book, Pro-Life Reflections for Every Day. In uh, Isaiah 49, 15, uh, we read, uh, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. Reflection and assuring his people of his unfailing love for them, God seeks an extreme example to make his point. He speaks of the bond between a mother and the child of her womb. He declares that the breaking of that bond is practically unthinkable to him. Let us pray. Lord, you have established the bond between a mother and child and used it as an example 
of the most faithful commitment. Strengthen all mothers and protect all their children. Amen. Amen. All right. So we, uh, first of all, we've had many priests uh, working with us on our on our team, uh, and you included. Uh, I want to uh, help our viewers understand a little bit about how all this works. If a, if a priest wants to devote himself to defending the unborn, you know, what options there are for for him and how this has been for you uh, you know your your connection with priests for life and and uh you know one of the key distinctions that i make because you actually fall into both of these categories at different times is the distinction between the priests who are working with us full time uh and those on the other hand who are out in doing their ministry, like you just described. You have a parish, you belong to a religious community. And uh, our goal here at Priests for Life is to serve the priests like you. So it's not a question of, you know, the priests that are working uh, with us full-time. We've had many priests working at different times uh, along the way with us full-time. So then we send them out to different pro-life events across the country and whatnot. And uh, then the larger, far larger number of priests that are associated with us are working in their parishes, working in the schools, working uh, uh, in other kinds of ministries. And what do we want to do? We want them to be confident in addressing abortion. We want them to be, like the prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 58, full-throated in their defense of the unborn. Um, now, uh, you first of all, let's just talk about that from your from your perspective. What do you find you most need as a parish priest in fighting abortion? And does Priests for Life provide that for you? Um, yeah, good question. Um, well, ironically, probably what what I think I need most is I need parishioners who are passionate about the issue and who want to do more, whether in our parish or whether on a diocesan level, and then who can come to me and say to me, well, Father, this is what we want to do. Um, we need your help. You know, either we need your guidance as a maybe spiritual advisor, maybe we need your guidance uh, in terms of, you know, planning what we can do. But that would probably be the biggest thing, at least from my perspective, what, what a pastor would need. You know, parishioners who are passionate, of course, respectful uh, of, the, of the pastor, those who are respectful of certain, you know, maybe uh, archdiocese and guidelines to promote the pro-life charism. But if, if a pastor has that, boy, that, that really solves a lot of the, you know, the roadblocks, you could sort of speak, you know, because there are a lot of internal roadblocks in the sense of a priest may want to say, well, gee, I don't know if I'm going to offend people by talking about it. How do I talk about it? So those are what I would call interior roadblocks. But if he has parishioners who are passionate about it, who come to him, and it's good to have several, not just one or two, and then to maybe, you know, form a pro-life committee in the parish and then work with him under his guidance, you know, and, and again, respectfully, and, you know, to put together a program in the parish or maybe to begin things on, on the diocesan level or, or you know, or anything, maybe plan a trip for like to, not, to the uh, March for Life. Right, exactly. Uh, talk to us about some of the... Uh, of course, one of the biggest things that we provide are preaching resources. Uh, and you've studied a lot of our materials mm -hmm. over the years and also how we present pro-life as a spirituality. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us how this is helpful for the priests of today. 
Yeah, I, I think definitely, you know, you know, uh, I know you have written extensively on on how to preach the pro-life message. You've given many examples of, you know, correlating a pro-life message uh, uh, with, you know, various gospel readings throughout the year, especially on certain feast days. And, um, you know, of course, you send out your your monthly newsletter and 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 the website. So, the, you know, these are the things that we have easy access to as priests. And, and, and these resources, you know, kind of really give us an ongoing education. I think many priests, you know, we come out of the seminary, we know what the church teaches about abortion. We know what the church teaches about forgiveness for the sin of abortion. We know perhaps about different post-abortion healing programs, such as Rachel's Vineyard or Project Rachel. Um, so we know about those things, but we oftentimes, we, we, our education minds stop at that point. So having access to your, you know, your, you know, your books, your writings, certainly the website that enables us to do, you know, further education. And so, you know, that's something I think all of us need is certainly I've benefited from that. And, um, and that kind of gives us, you know, helps us to be more up to date, you could say, uh, for our pastoral ministry with men and women who are, are contemplating abortion or trying to recover from it, or just advocating, you know, for, for the unborn child. Uh, on our parish or diocesan level. Well, friends, the, those of you that are just joining us, uh, we're talking with Father David Begany. He's ministering in Texas as a Josephite priest, and he has been long time associated with our ministry of Priests for Life. Uh, and uh, we have uh, done other programs together. You may, in fact, have seen Father David also on EWTN. And, uh, you know, uh, Father, let's talk about that for a moment, because uh, one of the things that we do as a ministry is, uh, we've always said, as a priest ministers to his parish, Priests for Life ministers to the pro-life movement. And one of the things a priest does for his parish, of course, he stands up in front of them and teaches and preaches and uh, helps them to understand the faith better, how it relates to daily life. Uh, and uh, you've already referred to uh, 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 this a little bit as you were just explaining some of our resources. But the programming, the broadcasting, what we're doing right now and what you have done with us for EWTN uh, is part of that. Uh, talk to us about the uh, the value of, of, of that, because just being a voice, I mean, so many people appreciate, you know, hearing uh, the explanation, again, from the point of view of, a, of Catholic faith, the explanation of what's going on with abortion in our midst and, and what we can do to end it. Well, you know, I'm going to go back to when I was a seminarian in your religious community, and for people who don't know that, you know, you had started a religious community based here in Texas, in Amarillo, actually. And uh, when I joined that community, I, you know, one of the things you said, you know, really stuck with me. And and uh, it, it was kind of simple, but yet profound. You know, you, you told us that, you know, if a woman does not hear uh, a priest talk about abortion, uh, either from the pulpit in his preaching or in some other area, then she doesn't know what to make of it. And we could extend that to the men involved, right? What, 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 what does this mean? This means either he does not care about me, the church doesn't care about me, or means I'm going to hell. And, and I, I, that stuck with me all of these years. And so when I preach, I, you know, and, and I, I talk about uh, respect for life of the unborn, I always include those two things, you know, I let people know, no, the church does not condemn you. God does not condemn you. 
Maybe you condemn yourself and that's not what the Lord wants. And so I say, we say it's yes, it's morally wrong because it's a new human life and we cannot kill a new human life. And then, but we talk about forgiveness as well. And so, you know, several times I've heard comments afterwards, well, thank you for talking about that. You know, thank you for letting us know. And, you know, many, well, you know, I'm going to say in, in the black community there, you know, there's kind of more of a silence and perhaps it's a shame, you know, associated with it. So maybe I don't always hear comments one way or the other, but Nonetheless, as we know, this is an important message and, and more so probably for, you know, the black and brown communities where, you know, they are taken advantage of by abortion providers. And and so it's important for them to hear that message that, you know, yes, it's wrong, but you can be forgiven. You go to confession, it's forgiven. Um, you know, I can direct you to a healing. And in fact, in the confessional, I usually tell people, I'll ask them this question. I'll say, is this abortion something that comes to mind regularly for you? And if they say yes, then what I say is, okay, you may need post-abortion healing. And then I will give them the website for Rachel's Vineyard Retreat, or I'll give them the 800 number that they can call. And, you know, as far as I know, I, I think many of them are sincere and they're interested in, in, in following up on that, you know, to, to receive healing after abortion. You know, and that's one of the very, very biggest uh, aspects of our ministry. As you know, Rachel's Vineyard fo uh, functions as a ministry of Priests for Life. What does that mean? Uh, well, actually, I'm chairman of, of the board. Our pastoral associates, Dr. Teresa and Kevin Burke, full-time employed by Priests for Life, are in fact the founders of Rachel's Vineyard. And uh, we uh, uh, fund the... Uh, the national office there where there's several uh, staff people and uh, folks who are are coordinating. When we say coordinating the ministry, we mean, first of all, if a Rachel's Vineyard retreat is going to take place, it needs to take place under the proper guidelines for the protection of those that mm -hmm. go on the retreat and, and it has to be done in the proper way. Uh, and so the national office makes sure that each site is properly set up functioning according to the right uh, framework. If they have questions or pastoral problems, they come to us. We mm -hmm. make sure that priests and, and counselors are trained to uh, oversee the dynamics of each individual retreat, which involves both spiritual and psychological uh, components, right? Mm -hmm. The Word of right. God, the sacraments, uh, uh, mm -hmm. for those that are Catholic, because we also have interdenominational retreats, and also the sound psychological theory, trauma theory yes, behind right, these right. retreats that, uh, that dictate then what kinds of activities uh, the individuals on the retreat are invited to do, to do. So all of this requires a lot of coordination, a lot of staffing, a lot of training, a lot of funding. And of course, we, that's where we as Priests for Life uh, come in and, 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 and oversee these things. The retreats themselves are run by uh, the teams in mm -hmm. those local areas, local communities, not only around the United States, but all around the world. We've got like 72 countries where Rachel's Vineyard is happening. And then, of course, as you also know, and this can be very helpful for uh, priests in their ministry, is the Silent No More campaign. Oh, it's yes. It's like right. a, a sister movement to Rachel's Vineyard, because yes. in Rachel's Vineyard, people get healed from the wound of abortion. But then, like we see in the Gospels, when people are healed by Jesus, what do so many of them want to do? They want to tell the world. 
Right. They want to go out there and share their story. Right. Uh, talk, talk to us about how you uh, see as a priest the, the value of this Silent No More campaign, because it's kind of like, uh, well, it is a form of evangelization, right? Because they're standing up and saying, Jesus healed me and forgave yes. me of my sin of killing my own children. Yeah, I think the first time I went to one of the Silent No More presentations was at the March for Life when I was a seminarian with your community. And, you know, we I was listening to the testimony of, of probably 30 women that day. And then there were some men or some couples. This was outside the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C., probably about 10 years ago, um, you know, maybe longer. And the that was the first time I heard the testimony. And so, of course, when you hear these testimonies for the first time, it really has an emotional impact uh, on the individual. And, and what it brought home to me was that, you know what? men and women really suffer from abortion. You know, um, I hate to say it this way, but I'm going to say it this way. You know, the, the pro-abortion or pro-choice side, you know, they have good propaganda and, and propaganda in this sense. They, they, they preach things and teach things. They say that, oh, you know, abortion does not negatively affect a woman. And maybe they cite a, a, a study by this, you know, psychological group that and it seems to support their contention. But when you go there and you listen to women and men talking about the experience of abortion and how it affected them psychologically, how it led them to do, you know, get involved in drug abuse, alcoholism, you know, promiscuity, uh, other forms of self-harm, depression, anxiety, when they didn't have that before, it's hard to, to you know, to see, well, who's telling me the truth here? And so the value of Silent Lamore is that you, the priest or whomever, we hear their, their their testimony and it helps us to inform our conscience to say, well, well, maybe what that pro-choice group is telling me is not accurate. And then it helps us to understand, I think, uh, as pastors that, you know, this is definitely something I need to address. You know, as pastors, we do not want our people to suffer. Now, suffering, of course, we know is part of life, but it's also certainly uh, something that the Lord says is going to happen. However, that does not mean we do not want to diminish it. And so by hearing the various testimonies of Silent No More, you know, I was able to, you know, realize more deeply how much it impacted the women. And it really generated in me a greater sense of compassion than I already had. And, and one of the things it does is it takes what we know with intellectually, what we read and hear about abortion and its effects, and it makes it more personal. You know, it, it, it makes it um, something then we see, well, you know what, this really is a real problem. You know, it's not just something I read in a book, this really happens. So it really puts flesh on this belief, on our belief that, and, and knowledge that, you know, abortion does negatively impact women. It is not good for them. It's not good for society. It's not good for their husbands. So that is what I take away. And 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 every time I hear the women talk, you know, uh, I have that that same compassion. Maybe not at the same level because I've heard it already, but nonetheless, I know. Hey, what they're telling me is true, and you can trust what they say. And hopefully, that will help others kind of reformulate that maybe their opinions about the effect of abortion on women. 
Yeah, you know, uh, again, those that are just joining us, we're talking with Father David Begany. He's been a longtime associate of Priest for Life and uh, uh, involved in many of our projects and now is ministering as a Josephite priest in uh, Texas. Um, so, you know, uh, Father, another, uh, of course, Priest for Life is so um, privileged to, to, to have the Silent No More campaign. It's actually not a separate organization. Uh, it's a joint project, as you know, between yes. Priest for Life and Anglicans for Life. Yes. So, uh, and 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 we are just last night. Uh, we're taping this program, and just last night, I had uh, another uh, one of our conference calls with our uh, regional coordinators. We have coordinators in different okay. parts of the country. Okay. And then, uh, uh, day before yesterday, I had uh, Silent No More uh, members with me out at the March for Life in California, where okay. they held their signs. I regret my abortion and mm -hmm. gave their testimonies. It's all very, very beautiful as you and inspiring, inspiring to the clergy, yes, uh, as yes. well as to the general public, as you just yes. mentioned, it right. helped you to gain even more insight and compassion mm -hmm. uh, right. for these people. I want to shift to another dimension of our work. You've been with us many times, and you know that it's something that Priest for Life strongly promotes which is bringing clergy out in front of the abortion facilities right. for prayer vigils, public witness. Right. Um, we are very much behind uh, uh, 40 Days for Life. In fact, I helped them to get launched as a national movement. Um, give us your thoughts about, about what you've learned uh, over these years about the value of not just being out in front of the abortion facility, which many of our uh, audience is, uh, but of clergy being out there in, in front of these killing centers. Yeah, it's interesting. When, when I was thinking about joining your religious order back in, I'm going to say 2005, I decided to start praying uh, outside of an abortion facility in Allentown, Pennsylvania. And I joined a number of other persons and um, and I was talking with one of the gentlemen. He, he was kind of an organizer and and like me, he had, you know, he was trained in science. And he said that he he was taking, you know, uh, basically he was counting the number of people coming in for abortions. And he told me, he, he said, when there was a clergy person with us, you know, and I assume he meant someone wearing clerical garb, whether it's, it's as I'm dressed or whether someone wearing a religious habit, that when they're out there praying, the percentage of, of women who come in and, and their husbands or partners drops by at least 10%. And it actually may have been greater. And, you know, again, he this is a statistic that he basically compiled because of his technical training. You know, he, he would count the number of cars and probably record it somewhere. So there is, a, there is definitely a, an impact. And I think part of it is, I, I'm sure it's, it's the, certainly the priest or the minister who represents our Lord Jesus Christ. And when you represent Christ and you're there in a loving presence, you know, God is going to dispense his grace. And I think it's safe to say when someone who is has chosen to represent the Lord publicly is there as a priest or minister, then there may be more grace flowing. And of course, there's the just the kind of the outward uh, appearance of clergy to remind someone, oh, you know, maybe what I'm doing is not morally right. Maybe, um, you know, maybe God doesn't want me to have an abortion, and which is obviously true. But I think the presence of the priest reminds them of that. Now, the other value, too, I, I, I can see is that by being there as a loving witness, praying for 
uh, the unborn children, that God may rescue them, praying for their mothers and fathers that they may not go through with abortion, asking God's mercy on their mothers and fathers, is that the value is then that there is a witness that the, the priest gives, the minister gives, a rabbi gives, along with the lay people there, that, you know, we are concerned about you. We are not here to condemn you. Yes, we're saying we're condemning what you're contemplating doing, but we do not say verbally, I condemn you, and we do not condemn you in our hearts. And it's also a value of witness to the escorts who there who feel that they need to protect, you know, women coming in for abortions from uh, people praying or maybe witnessing. It's a testimony to them if their hearts are open that, you know, these people do not hate me. They disagree with what I'm doing. You know, they're praying peacefully. You know, maybe this is something I need to reconsider. And so uh, the, the witness of a priest, the minister, a rabbi, you know, a, another type of cleric can have that effect, you know, on, on those there, can help them maybe reawaken their conscience, uh, maybe, as I said, be a, a, a channel of God's grace that will open their eyes maybe to say, you know what, maybe what I've been advocating or doing or contemplating is not the right thing. And so I think at least in those, you know, those are some of the benefits of having a member of the clergy uh, witnessing, praying, uh, even sad while counseling outside of abortion facilities. Yeah, it's uh, it's a fabulous uh, way of witnessing, one that Priests for Life will always promote. I wanted to share with you in our last couple of minutes here, and then I want to invite you, uh, Father Begany, to pray uh, for uh, for our audience. Um, many of them are putting prayer intentions in the comments, sure. and we want to lift them up. But I want to share with you and with our viewers the uh, some of these wonderful comments we've received from priests. We've been talking about how our ministry encourages uh, our priests. And let me just uh, read some of these. Dear Father Pavone and the Priests for Life organization, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate the great work you do for the culture of life. Your courage is an inspiration for me and my parish Respect Life Committee. You have my prayers and support. Uh, Father Greg, and he's from uh, from uh, the Phoenix Diocese. Um, uh, another priest, Father Mike, says, I have been an admirer of your commitment to being a clear and eloquent voice in our time, speaking in defense of life and for the unborn. The Lord has put the conviction in my heart that this is the issue of our time and that I need to devote my time and my meager ability to addressing it. I take inspiration from you and on more than one occasion have made your words my own. I am associated with a chapel of perpetual adoration, and you are frequently remembered there at the altar. Uh, it, it's great to, to when we have our, our brother priest praying like that for us, remembering uh, us. Uh, but what's most important here is you see how he mentions, I receive from this ministry... And this, I think, you know, Father David, is goes right to the heart of what we're trying to accomplish. He said, I receive from your ministry this passion to make pro-life more of a priority. Mm -hmm. What do people ask you and me? They ask us when they hear about priests for life. Oh, isn't every priest for life? And I, my response is, well, we just help them to say so. And another way to expand on that is we help them to make it more of a priority. Yes, we know the yes. default is that, yes, they accept the teaching. It's not like we're trying to convince them. I mean, there are some, unfortunately, yes. that don't seem to accept the teaching, but they're relatively 
few and far between. I mean, right. we work on the default presumption that, hey, of course, priests are for life. Hmm. We're not here to say we're more pro-life than they are. What hmm. we're here to say is let's encourage each other to make this more front and center, give more time and energy, make it more of a priority. And uh, that's what you and I have been involved in and so many others with us. Yeah, it's 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 very necessary. It's a great, you know, great ministry in the church. And like you said, it, you know, it, it when we know another person is is feels the same way, is doing the same thing as us, then we get encouragement. And Priest for Life has been doing that for gosh over thirty years, and and uh, you know, God willing, you know, we'll do it for for many years and, until um, you know, uh, abortion is no longer uh, right. you know a, a legal right uh, in the United States or throughout the world. And and so we just keep doing the best we can, and and with God's help, and and you know, you and Priest for Life have been doing that for many, many years and, and, you know, probably have, have uh, been a greater blessing than, than perhaps you and your staff are aware of. Praise the Lord. Well, thanks for being with us. Would you pray for our uh, audience and uh, for our ministry? Sure. Well, God, our heavenly father, we, we thank you for the great gift of priests for life. We thank you for those you inspired to begin the organization uh, to promote the the right to life of all, especially the unborn child. There is no greater uh, innocent, more vulnerable person than the unborn child. And so we thank you for raising up this organization and the many ministries that are part of it. We ask you to continue your blessings upon them, pour out your graces upon them, uh, especially to uh, to Father Frank, uh, to, to Janet, all the other staff that this ministry may for many, many years may continue to be a source of blessing, inspiration uh, for your church, especially for uh, our bishops, our priests, our deacons, and of course our laity may continue to give us the resources we need to promote the gospel of life, especially a defense of the unborn, uh, advocating for their mothers and fathers, reconciling their mothers and fathers to you. And may you bless all those who support this ministry. May you give them every grace and heavenly blessing, especially those desires that are closest to their heart that accord with your will. Fill them with every grace, mercy, blessing, joy, all of the good things of life, and continue to pour out your healing mercy upon our world from not only abortion, but the other great tragedies that are affecting us now. Increase in all of us faith, hope, and love, and trust in you and our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, and give many, many more men and women the gift of faith so that they may find the peace, healing, freedom, and joy that they seek. We ask this in Jesus' name, who lives with you in the Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. 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 Okay. Thanks so much for being with us and for your priesthood and uh, partnership with us. Uh, Father David Begany, we will talk to you again soon. God Greg, bless you. Good to be with you, Father. Well, friends, uh, that was uh, one of our best friends out there. Uh, many, many priests uh, benefiting from this work and some involved in this work. And you, too. We are grateful for your involvement. We will keep you in our prayers. We'll remember you uh, in all of our spiritual devotions. And we ask you to remember us as well. Continue to stay tuned to our daily programming and help us to continue to grow 
our online audience. It is growing, and that's because so many of you are sharing these videos, subscribing to them, letting others know about them. Uh, and uh, the more you comment, actually, the more reach we have. It's how these platforms work. The more engagement that they see our audience having with us, uh, the more people these videos end up reaching. So please keep that in mind. And uh, as we have these programs, as I, like I always say at the beginning of the shows, let us know you're there. Let us know your prayer intentions. Let us know your questions and comments. And we'll, uh, we'll uh, uh, keep track of them and bring them uh, up uh, in uh, continued programs. God bless you all. We will talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.